0: Sedano, you know there's no better way to start your Saturday than with my guy, Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings.
1: What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant.
0: Sometimes you can call me Smokey. Sometimes you can call me Rocky.
1: Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend
0: Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Today I want to be Tito, Dr. Tito Clapper. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Thank you, Elton John. But I don't want to talk to Elton John. I want to talk to this man right now. One of the greatest influences in my life, and I cannot believe he's the guest, but I'm so over the moon, the great Mark Spitz. Mark, thank you so much for being with us this morning. My pleasure. Oh, God. Can I play you a soundbite of Duke Hanamoku's sister? And I just want... Michelangelo's dead 500 years. I can't talk to him, but I can talk to you. I want you to tell me what you think when you hear Bernice, the sister of Duke Kahanamoku, talking about how Duke Kahanamoku, also an Olympic champion, learned how to swim. Must have been wonderful being raised on an island paradise, Duke. Uh, What was Duke's childhood like, Bernice?
1: Well, Brother Duke's childhood days were spent in the water Uh and on the beach. But my father taught him how the old-fashioned method to swim when he was
0: only four years old. What was your dad's uh, method of teaching you, dude? Well, uh, that's a long story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As I say... But he did it. <laughs> <laughs> he threw you uh, kind of over the outrigger oh, canoe the, between... Over the canoe between the two outriggers. Really yep. I was splashing all over the place. Save yourself for drowning. Are you kidding me? What does that sound like to you, Mark Spitz?
1: I don't know, it sounds like a program that was called This Is Your Life.
0: <laughs> I've seen that
1: program. <laughs> yeah, those were pretty amazing programs, uh, in yes. black and white. Yes. I never, me- I never met Duke Kanemoko, um, but I did meet Johnny Weissmiller. You did? In fact, well, he was actually in the stands, sitting about a row and a half, I guess a row or two, in front of my parents, oh who my were seated God. with Kirk Douglas, ah! watching, watching me swim in Munich. Oh, my. As a matter of fact, in my sixth race, which was the 100-meter freestyle, um, as I was walking out, paraded out with the other seven athletes because there were eight lanes, mm-hmm. I heard this voice, Go, Mark, go, Mark. <laughs> this is Johnny. <laughs> and I looked over, and I was going, Oh, my gosh. It's Tarzan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen, I have a soundbite. Listen to this one. This is Johnny Weissmuller with Duke Hanamoku on that very show. Listen to this actually helped you to beat him, didn't he, Johnny?
1: Yes, he did. You know, we trained together in the Olympic Games. Yes. And this big lug, he just gave me all the confidence in the world. <laughs> well, this
0: is a thrill to see you yeah, two together, true. the guy who finally broke his record. Even though he had a feeling that you were going to beat him, he helped you?
1: Well, sure. He used to watch me train and take care of me. He made me, made me go back and get in that pool and work up and down. He was just like a big brother to the boys. He gave him the workout. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, funny thing, he never... He never worried too much about himself. All he wanted to do was be sure that the United States got that one, two,
0: three in the That's Olympic right. Game. That's Johnny Weissmuller. Is that amazing? Ugh. <laughs> 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 I can't I'm, I can't believe right now I'm listening to Johnny Weissmuller, Duke Hanamoko, and I'm talking to Mark Spitz. Okay. I like tomorrow I put me in a coffin, you can bury me. It's just been an unbelievable life. What's most fascinating of the many things and again I can't thank you enough. For you never even knowing me, I still haven't shaken your hand. I've just spoken to you, but as a Jewish guy growing up in New York, about a million miles away from you, how much you influenced me and so many people, not about swimming, even though I swam on my high school team wearing your speedo designed you know trunks. But the fact that you did so much meant I why can't I do so much also? And it's just such a beautiful story. And here's Duke Kahanamoku doing the ultimate aloha spirit with Johnny Weissmuller. Just doing good for goodness sake, inspiring people. Mark Spitz, that's what you've done to so many of us. Uh, And so on behalf of all of us, thank you for everything that you did. I mean, maybe you, you don't hear it enough. You hear it too much. I'm just telling you thank you. But I'd like to ask you a few questions if you don't mind. Sure. You talk about going to indiana instead of going to stanford to follow this coach councilman teach us what and you say you became a better swimmer because he was your coach instead of the stanford coach where you initially wanted to go like god had a mysterious path for you that led you to indiana what exactly does a great swimming coach teach a swimmer like you that made you who was already great even better well, I
1: think um, that's a very interesting question, and it has quite a lengthy answer. But the short take your story, time. Uh, uh, no, the short. The short answer is, is that he was a great motivator, and he met. He made everybody that he came in contact with feel that they were the most special person on the team. It didn't matter whether or not you came to the university as a world record holder, or he was still developing your skills. Although at the level of good in collegiate swimming, I mean, you had to be pretty good because everybody was there under scholarships, so you just couldn't actually, you know, work out your craft for four years while you were there. There were really no, to speak of, walk-ons. So, um, you know, he he was very interested in us as uh, as athletes, but he also was very interested in us as human beings Hmm. and and perfecting our skills uh, intellectually Hmm. so that we were there academically to also complete four years of college and hopefully have a degree. Hmm. As a matter of fact, I was just on a uh, on a blog for about an hour a day for eight straight days while we just got through with our Olympic swim trials hmm. that were in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Hmm. And there was this big conversation, and it's been pretty pretty up there in the front pages about mental health. Hmm. Um, uh, we've seen it in tennis. We've seen it in a lot of different sports where some of these athletes have have, have had these breakdowns. Are these, these issues that they've had, a, I guess, a, a problem with trying to sort out where they're going and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it has to do with public adulation. But part of the problem is, is that a lot of athletes who go through college, and I only speak uh, about college sports, um, there's so much emphasis on being great and being recruited into a, becoming a professional. Mm -hmm. and that's perfectly fine. In some sports, you may have some longevity, like golf. You can play into your 40s or 50s, but certainly swimming or track and field, that's not going to happen, and including Mm -hmm. basketball or even football, for that matter. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, you know, is there some sort of a skill set that you've learned in college that you could fall back on? Mm -hmm. And the answer is probably not. Mm -hmm. Um, Nobody thinks that far in advance, or anybody that's within their team or in their environment has encouraged them to, to develop those skills. Hmm. They're only interested in their self-serving ways to make sure that that athlete stays in that sport and continues to be in their winning ways and make money because that's perhaps maybe their meal ticket. And it's as selfish as that may seem, it seems to boil down to something like that. Hmm. So a lot of these, uh, you know, young men and women uh, have have failed to prepare for something in the future. Hmm. And I think that's part of the reason that they have a difficult time trying to muster up, you know, uh, feeling comfortable and confident and and having these uh, these lapses of feeling sorry for themselves mm. I mean we've seen this with some of the top swimmers in the world that have a tremendous amount of money mm. um, and yet they find themselves wallowing mm. uh, and and not feeling confident about what's happening in their life mm. and part of that is because they fail to prepare for something that is more meaningful or as meaningful perhaps mm. uh, and and having an education and a skill set so that they can feel confident and comfort and I guess, uh, and, and trying to uh, be competitive and finding a job other than what it was when they were an athlete.
0: Hmm. I'm talking to the great Mark Spitz. I got to thank.